This morning, though, I want to talk about something slightly different. Um, when I think about church, uh, and we do a lot of, whenever we talk um, in the living room, we often, we often think about things like this. Uh, but when you think about the main focus of church, it's easy, I suppose, to look at it and think, well, it's mainly about inspiring people. It's about uh, connecting people to God. Uh, it's about educating and encouraging people and providing this kind of overall feeling of um, we, we come together and we are positively changed by, by uh, those encounters with God and those connections with other people. And I suppose the end result is that we have an impact and that we, what, we, what we really would love to see, I suppose, is that when we come together, the, the byproduct of that is that people go and make a difference to the lives of other people. That's often when you think about why does, why does church exist, it's probably that, okay? It's probably that's one of the main focuses. And that's what we often think about when we try and work out what we're going to do, where we're going to go. And we always want to make sure that what we talk about is relevant to people's lives, that it resonates with people's lives, that it's real enough to really be adaptable to your Sunday afternoon, Monday morning, the rest of the week the majority, the 98% of your week that you exist outside of a church building. It's about making sure that what we do is relevant to that. But what, I, what I've been thinking about this week is realising that that stuff is, is of great importance, but it doesn't just stop there. That it is important that we do stuff that inspires people, that we encourage people, that we educate them, that we connect them to God, all those different kind of things. But it doesn't just stop there. The other element that we want when we meet together and that we want to think about is there to be that sense whenever we meet of there being compassion, of there being understanding, that feeling of refuge and safety that we sometimes need. And sometimes that need in each of us is quite desperate, that what's going on in our world, what we're crying out for is some safety, someone just to understand, someone to have compassion for me in whatever's going on. And over the last few months, if I look at what we've done, we've probably, I hope that we're always quite balanced in the way that we talk and that the way that we, that we um, talk about God and the way that we talk about people, that we're quite balanced in that. But if we think about the kind of stuff we've looked at over the last few months, it's looking at things in our society, it's looking at our lives, it's looking at developing our understanding and how we can hone everything that's to do with us, whether it's us personally or the way we deal with other people. How can we hone all of that stuff in order uh, to make a difference to the lives of other people? So in a way, that motivational push, that, that inspiration has still been the heart behind what we're doing. Hopefully it's been fairly well balanced. But for me, last week we, we spoke about what would Jesus do? And we tried to say, okay, actually, let's cut away all of the stuff that sometimes adds a lot of noise and go back to the person of Jesus and look at the way he did his life, the way he operated and use him as the example of what we want to follow. As I was doing that, I found it quite, um, I suppose, quite challenging and, and it had an impact on me. But what was really interesting is I came away from last week thinking that's all good stuff. But at the same time as feeling it was all good stuff, I stopped and thought about the conversations that I've had in church over the last few weeks. Not just in church, outside of church as well. And the reality of those conversations really struck me 
that sometimes in church we can find ourselves running down a path of saying we need to motivate, we need to inspire, we need to instill confidence in people that they've got to follow Jesus in this way and this is what it's going to look like because everyone needs to be saved and we're the people who've got to go and do it. We can sometimes go on this journey that, that I suppose intensifies that expectation that we've got to make a difference, we've got to have an impact. And I think that's some of the stuff that drives me. But actually, I've realised more than anything from the conversations and the, the situations that I've sat with, with people, not just in this room, but outside of this room, that actually the balance of what we need to do is so important. The understanding that, yeah, we do want to push each other to be better. We do want to say, how can you be more like Jesus in the way that you do your life? I want, it, I want us all to be doing that. But at the same time, we've got to realise that sometimes the reality of what, what is going on in people's lives makes it really difficult for them to have the energy and the drive and the motivation to actually do that stuff. So I decided to, to call today's talk, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to change the world today. Because sometimes in church we can find ourselves on this relentless pursuit of we need to be world changers, we need to be history makers, we need to go and make a difference, we need to do everything we can to represent Jesus so that everyone that we meet will know and everyone's lives will be changed because we have responded to what God is calling us to do. There's something amazing about that. But equally, what we have to look at is what is going on in the lives of us and the people around us. And sometimes there is a lot going on. And when we embrace that and acknowledge that and realise that for some of us, maybe we do arrive on a Sunday morning going, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to change the world today. I'm not sure whether I've got it in, in me to be able to leave and tomorrow get back on it to change the world again. And I suppose what God has challenged me on this week is as I listen to the different conversations that, that I've that I've had with people and I look at the different things that people are dealing with is stuff like health concerns either for themselves or for their loved ones it's battling with tricky situations that aren't easy to deal with sometimes it's long-term grief sometimes it's relationships that appear to be quite fractured and in some in some cases quite broken maybe it's depression Maybe it's a weight of responsibility. Maybe it's um, anxiety. Maybe it's new jobs. Maybe it's the desire for a new job. All of this stuff can weigh heavy on us and make it really difficult for us to have that agile, light-hearted approach to go, here I am, world. Watch out. I've got out of bed, and I'm going cha to change you. <laughs> Do you know I mean? Sometimes it is hard to have that mentality. And what you find with these different things that we're battling with and, and going through is they might vary in severity and they might not all be major struggles, but all of them affect us. And I think about some of the most normal um, small talk conversations that, that we get to have with each other here. Sometimes it's just a glimpse in that conversation where you realise that someone is just going through it at the minute, that life is harder than, uh, than maybe it was last week. And it's not to say that we need to all be, be miserable and just go, oh, well, let's all just stop trying. Um, it's not about that, but it's about having an understanding that when we come together, we've got to get the balance. 
that says we will encourage each other, we will inspire each other, we will champion each other, but we'll also be really quick to put our arm around someone and just go, I know it's not very easy this week. So it's about creating an environment and, and creating an attitude and a response that, that ensures that whenever we arrive here, we are safe to feel any of those things. And that's why for some of us, that, and that's why we, we always say at the start, look, just come as you are. If you've had a great week, then brilliant, um, celebrate all you want. But if you've had a tough week, you're allowed to sit there and not sing. And, and the problem is, in a way, we're kind of working against the way it should work. Because in a way, it should be, no, 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 you sing louder when things are difficult because that's, that's a sign that you, you've got faith and that you're really trusting God. But actually, I'm not sure God is going, ah, if you're going through something difficult, what I'm expecting is you to sing even louder or, or, or shout or, or be even more kind of um, vocal or, or passionate about what you're doing. I think he understands. I think he understands uh, when something's difficult, when you're going through something hard at work or you're, you're, you're struggling to deal with your emotions about a particular situation or a relationship that is suffering, is really uh, consuming you. God understands that stuff. And I think when we get stuck in this relentless pursuit of pushing, that, pushing each other to say, well, we've all got to be better, it's not like God's got this little bit of grace that happens on a Sunday. He goes, you're allowed to come in here and just be whoever you want to be, but really you should be back on it tomorrow. He loves you. And he loves... Uh, he, he, he loves the idea that you just walk in a relationship with him. And sometimes that process will take a long time. And I think sometimes we have to battle with those things, that, that there are times in our lives where we do need to push ourselves, where we do need to say, I just need to choose to be positive, to, to praise God in the situation, or to lift my eyes from what's going on. And the process of doing that is part of the the equipping you to be able to walk through that. But equally, it should never be that you feel under pressure, that you've got to do this um, in order to be right with God and be who God needs you to be. I've done that really annoying thing where I've completely gone off my notes and I've probably said stuff that I thought would be really an epic end and I've just completely screwed it up by saying this now. Um, but, but for me, I think I really felt it quite strongly last week. And, and it wasn't that I think that what we talked about was wrong. I think it was exactly right. And it was exactly right for the people who were here to hear that kind of message. But I came away from it going, yeah, God, I feel like what you wanted to say, we said last week. But I also looked around at the conversations that I had. And I just thought, man, I can't push people to do what we talked about last week, regardless of what's going on in their lives. That I need to be, we need to be, people who just turn around and go, yeah, yeah, we do want to do that. We do want to do what Jesus would do. We do want to act in the way that he would do it. And we do want to kind of heighten our awareness to the needs of other people. But also, we've got to know that it's okay just to sit and um, just rest in God's presence if that's what you need. The, the other thing I think it's important to realise is sometimes we can look at the way everything's supposed to work and we can think that when we're not thriving and when things aren't aren't kind of we can't report that things are going really really well 
that actually maybe there's something wrong with us and maybe we'd just be a bit of a disappointment. Well, the good news is for us today is we're not the first to struggle. So I want to read you a couple of um, passages from the Bible. Um, and um, it's some of the Psalms. Okay, so Psalm 6 says this, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me with your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch, my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They, fo- they fail uh, because all my foes away from me. Um, um, away from me, all you who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. And the Psalms are filled with people who are going through challenging situations and struggling with things in life. If we go to Psalm 13, it's a short one. I'll read it in the message uh, just to change the language a bit. It says this, Long enough, God, you've ignored me long enough. I've looked at the back of your head long enough, long enough. I've carried this ton of trouble, lived with a stomach full of pain long enough. My arrogant enemies have looked down their noses at me. Take a good look at me, God. My God, I want to look life in the eye so no enemy can get the best of me or laugh when I fall on my face. I've thrown myself headlong into your arms. I'm celebrating your rescue. I'm singing at the top of my lungs. I'm so full of answered prayers. And Psalm 69, um, verses 1 to 5, um, starts off in a similar vein. It's quite a long one, that's why I'm not reading the whole one, because I think you'd get a bit fed up. But this is what it says, um, once again, in the, uh, in the message. Um, God, God, save me, I'm in over my head. Quicksand under me, swamp water over me. I'm going down for the third time. I'm hoarse from calling for help, bleary-eyed from searching the sky for God. I've got no enemies, uh, I've, got, I've got more enemies than hairs on my head. Sneaks and liars are out to knife me in the back. What I never stole must I now give back. You, God, know my folly, my guilt is not hidden from you. So when we read <laughs> Psalms like that, we've got to understand that we're not the first to struggle. These made it in. These ones made it into the book. Um, But often what happens in those Psalms is as you read people crying out in anguish, in pain, in suffering, in in turmoil of what they're having to deal with on a daily basis. Um, And sometimes the fact they think God's ignoring them and they think that he's not listening. What's really interesting is as you read every Psalm, there's always a shift, a point of change in each of those Psalms where suddenly people's perspective changes. That as they cry out, they go, actually, I know that you will deliver me. You will help me. You will be there. And, and actually, sometimes you see the whole journey in their psalm of turmoil and desperation and anguish to it being turned around to, actually, I know you've got my back and I know you're with me and I trust you. And it's almost like this place of vulnerability of if we can be strong enough to come to God and, and lay it all out there and say, I need you, 
that actually that, that sign of surrender and that vulnerability is part of a process, I suppose, of, of connecting with God in the middle of that kind of stuff. We can sometimes fall into the trap of thinking that as Christians, we should always speak positives and proclaim victories. Um, there are times for that. There are times where we should probably talk like that and act like that. But we have to acknowledge that it's okay to speak out when things are tough. God doesn't struggle with that as an approach and as a mentality. We have to create space that allows people to be vulnerable, not feel under pressure to constantly self-analyse and constantly be thinking, how can I improve? How can I be better? What, can I, what should I be doing? What's everyone else doing? How can I be like everyone else? And how can I reach the standards that they've uh, presented? Um, it's, it's about not feeling pushed all the time to always be better, or even worse in my book, not feeling like people need to pretend that everything is great because you wouldn't want anyone to think that you're not okay. So following God was never going to be a constant upward trajectory where life gets better every single day. And sometimes we've painted a picture of if you can just be obedient, if you can just follow the rules, you just do the things that God, you know you should do as a Christian, then life will just keep getting better. Man, you only have to be a Christian for a really short amount of time to realise that's not really the, the journey. It's a lot more rocky, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more uneven and uncertain uh, than that. We know there'll be bumps in that road, and I suppose it's about having an approach and understanding of that. There'll be times where self-analysis is important, where, where assessing how you're doing and what you can change and what you can prove uh, is really important. There'll be times where pushing yourself is just what you need to do. But there'll also be times where you feel like you're barely keeping your head above water or you just don't have the energy to try and push yourself. And that, I suppose, is just a picture of what real life looks like. That's the reality of life. And I think what we need to know and what I kind of hit after doing the talk last week was this, is that God isn't expecting you to be a superhero. He isn't expecting you to single-handedly go out and change the world. And I think some, sometimes I look at what was spoken over my generation of people, that we were the history makers. Okay, We were told um, prophetically that we would be the, the history makers in this land. And, and I think, in a way, that was... It was uh, an, an important thing for people to hear that they could go and make a difference. But I think at some points it's been probably something that's been quite confusing for people to get their head around. Because what does it look like really to make history? What does it look like to change the world? It's probably not something where we, we get a massive amount of recognition and acknowledgement for what an amazing job that, that, that my name gets known because I'm now classed as a world changer. Actually, it's probably just small, subtle, simple things that aren't about, I want everyone to know my name. They're about serving God diligently in the things that he's given you to do. And profile, as we talked about last week with Jesus, he had no interest in reputation or profile. And actually, if we can be people who follow that kind of role, then this whole idea of, are you going to go out tomorrow and change the world? And I hope maybe that some of us will do some things that really make a difference to people's lives. Will we class that as changing the world? Maybe if a whole movement of people get on and do that together, there can be some real positive changes 
in the world that we live in. But there's not this overall target of said we have the sole responsibility and remit to go out and do it. But, but also to acknowledge, I suppose, what we've talked about um, throughout this talk is that sometimes we're not going to feel like we've got the energy to do that. And the, the, the important thing to know is that God's not piling on a weight of expectation onto your shoulders of what it looks like to follow him. We've read so many times this passage in Matthew 11, 28 to 30 in the message. We've read it loads of times over this last year, but it's always re worth revisiting. It says this, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that's the reality of what we're called into by God, but the way we should be living. So when we talked last week, what would Jesus do? That message shouldn't be a pressure to anyone of going, I just need to be better, I just need to be more like Jesus, I need to, I need to sort this out so that I am who I'm supposed to be. Actually, what he wants you to be is you, um, but it's light. It's, it should be easy for you to be able to operate in that way. It's not a pressure. So the expectation isn't that you have um, some grace for this moment. As I, I said this earlier, that you don't have just grace for this moment, that you're, if you're not feeling great today, you're okay to not feel great. You're safe to be vulnerable and, and show weakness here, but tomorrow you need to put your game face back on. It doesn't work like that. God's not rushing you through a process. It's, it's, uh, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I suppose when I thought about what we would do today, what I felt was the most important thing for us to do is create some room and some space. And as I think back to the different conversations and the different things as I look around the room that people are dealing with, as I look at that, the idea that you that, that anyone would come every week and feel that they're always getting a, sh a shove to go and be better, go and be better, go and be better. For some of you, that might be just what you need. But I know for some of you, you just need to sit and take these moments where you can just rest. We talked a couple of weeks ago about this uh, whole idea of the importance of breathing and that when we breathe deeply, we can get 99% of our energy um, uh, comes from our breathing. When we choose to breathe deeply, we should be breathing four to six times a minute, but most of us breathe 16 to 20. And then we made this lovely connection with um, the, the sounds of, of the name of God, uh, Yahweh, the, it, was, it was YHVH as a word, and the words, the, the letters are pronounced Yod, Hey, Vah, Hey. And that lovely little connection where if you say those words in a rhythm, it can feel like it's mimicking the sound of breathing. And actually, when we think about the end of our time together today, I just want us to create some space where we can connect with God, again, in the way that we need to. Whatever is going on in your world, if you need to reconnect with him and talk to him about something, we're going to create 10, 15 minutes of space at the end of this, where you can just think. If you don't know what to do, just bow your head, shut your eyes, have a moment where you can just quieten your soul and your mind.
But what, what we've done is we've set up a little bit of communion over there. If anyone, it's not, it's not going to be a normal communion thing where everyone will come out to the front. If your core need today is I just need to reconnect with Jesus and I need to, I need to take in a part of Jesus into me, I need that then the communion is over there uh, next to where all the drinks are. Go and help yourself to that. If you need just to sit and think, or you need to just ask God to pour his love into you, whatever it might need to be, we're just going to create some space for that. Maybe it's just that the Holy Spirit has got something that he wants to say. But I think it's really easy to plan in everything that we want to happen and forget that space to just stop and think um, and maybe just to hand him some burdens or just say God I don't know what to do with this but I'd love it if you could help me carry it that might be the simple thing and then just sit there and um, rest in that so it's space to, uh, to rest it's time to think it's communion to connect with God I just want to uh, read you uh, one more little passage uh, from the Bible And it's Psalm 23. And it says this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's take some time. I'm just going to put some music on. Bow your head, shut your eyes, go and take communion, whatever it is you need to do. Um, But talk to God today and allow the Holy Spirit to, uh, to speak into your uh, situation.